Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network and we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, that Twitter thing. Just tweet that Twitter support for us if you could. That'd be great. Uh, but also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, again, you got to thank our sponsors because they make everything happen for our show and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the pulse of fitness, one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your car buying process by checking them out in Lebanon or heading to wilsoncountyhyundai.com. And the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Right there, Tommy says, I'm interested to see what two coaches y'all are talking about. And it's not necessarily the two coaches that Zach and I are talking about. It's the two coaches that ESPN.com is talking about. Because I go to the ESPN.com NFL homepage probably, you know, not quite every weekday as we are prepping and, t- and trying to find extra topics for the show. And what do you know? What do I stumble upon? And that is uh, what we're hearing around the NFL when it comes to uh, rumors of coaching changes, hiring, firings, and openings across the NFL. And there's a lot of good information. We'll talk about Urban Meyer as there's a couple things there. We'll talk about a surprise opening in the NFL um, as well. Maybe the end of the road for a couple longtime head coaches in their spots. But when I kept scrolling deeper and deeper and deeper into this article, I see this potential head coaching candidates to watch for the future, if not this upcoming 2022 head coaching cycle. And pretty high on the list. Now, the list is not in, in any order, but there are 15 names, coordinators and position coaches across the league. And I first see Todd Downing, offensive coordinator, Tennessee Titans. My eyes keep scrolling. I see Shane Bowen, defensive coordinator. Tennessee Titans. And I just go, man, (laughs) I was like, if I I think I know why these names are on the list. Now one, there are different reasons for both these guys being the list, but I, I I was on the phone with Zach and I was like, Oh boy, we, we, uh, and Zach goes, we have found our lead topic for today as Todd Downing and Shane Bowen are on head coaching watch lists for the future for NFL jobs. Zach, uh, your your initial reaction to Todd Downing and Shane Boeing being on this list. Well, I think my fir- first reaction is that it is a reach in a reach in. <laughs> they're reaching for anything, right? They're, they are grabbing for any name that, that could be possibly involved. And what they probably do is they go to some of the good or better NFL teams and go pick out and do like quick, half-assed research on those coordinators because national analysts meant, and let me vent here for a second. And I do this probably, I don't know, once a month at minimum, you know, when you regard yourself as a national NFL analyst, that should mean something like that should mean that you are astute on the entire national football league, that that is your craft that you could diagnose and no, you should be able to name every effing head coach and offensive and defensive coordinator of every single NFL team. We stu- I mean, people are studying for, for college exams right now that have more difficult uh, library time than these national analysts or claim to be. And I think they 
literally they just throw spaghetti at the wall. Now, look, they they know the big teams, but I don't think they know the ins and outs of the games. And that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, as a guy who watches all of the NFL games, who does not call himself an NFL national analyst, I feel I'm pretty intelligent. But these guys, they come out here and they just start spewing stuff. And I think this is an example of that because they don't know the history of Shane Bowen or Todd Downing or what they've been able to achieve this year. And it is frustrating. Well, (laughs) I'll be honest. It's not even about what they've been able to achieve this year. And so just for full disclosure, the two guys who are quoted, uh, who are basically wrote this article are Jeremy Fowler and Dan Graziano for ESPN. So and these guys, guys are sometimes in, do good work. I mean, most of the time, I would say most of the time, Jeremy Fowler and Dan Graziano do good work. I mean, they're national NFL insiders. They, they talk to a bunch of people. And so when they're going across topics like the bears head coaching job, or maybe even Seattle and Denver and Minnesota, all these, the Raiders, all these different head coaching jobs, like they're pulling from things that they've heard from talking to people around the league. Like is Matt rules job safe in Carolina? They're not just pulling stuff out of their ass. Like they're talking to some people that have connections to the Carolina Panthers. So when they list 15 names that are potential head coaching candidates to watch for the future, uh, in no particular order, there are guys like Gerard Mayo, who is the uh, presumed Patriots defensive coordinator because Bill Belichick doesn't really have a defensive coordinator. Byron Leftwich, who has been the OC with the Bucks, D'Amico Ryans, the coordinator for the Niners, Nathaniel Hackett, OC for the Packers. All those things make sense because you've got successful defense in New England, successful offense in Tampa, successful defense with the Niners, successful offense in, in, with the Packers, and even Ken Dorsey, uh, another former player, uh, is the quarterback coach for the Bills is on this list, right? Kellen Moore, the OC for the Cowboys, is on this list. And then you get to Todd Downing, uh, and he's just he just hasn't had enough evidence as an offensive coordinator to be on any list. Like, what, what has Todd Downing accomplished this year that shows that he should be deserving to be on a short list for any head coaching job. Well, that brings up our question, right? I mean, that's what we're asking. I have my answer. I'm curious about your answer. But why do we think that Todd Downing and Shane Bowen are on a future head coaching watch list? And, like, and I actually have a different opinions about each coach. Like, I, I think there's a different reason for each coach to be on this list. And so let's go ahead and dive into that. So why do you think Todd Downing and Shane Bowen are on these lists as future head coaches. So we'll dive into that. Uh, but real quick, let me tell you guys about our great friends at the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you guys get hurt in life, which is unfortunate, but life happens, injury is something that's going to come across, especially the older you get. You got to make sure you know who to trust you know who to go to over a dozen doctors there with the bone and joint Institute that can specialize in any joint injury you have. They also just opened their brand new Brentwood clinic a couple days ago. So they've got Brentwood Nolansville and the main campus in Franklin where they can take care of you completely. So head to head to the experts at the bone and joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. A to Z sports. We are powered by bet MGM. Oh man. Uh, Maybe I, I mean, you could say I, I don't have a problem because I'm winning, but last night I woke up in the middle of the night 
I, I struggle to stay up for Lakers game, especially because I, I, I watched LeBron drop 30 last night, but I had a bet on the over first half. I hit that, and then I was like, I got to go to sleep. But my parlay came in because I had, ooh, this is killer. I had Taylor Horton, Horton, Horton Tucker, if you know uh, any about the Lakers Never roster. Heard of I had Never him under 11 and a half points. He scored 12 to kill my parlay. But that does not that does not dissuade me from going back to bed MGM today, getting back on the saddle and winning because I got some winnings from the weekend. I had a tough bet last night, but I'm back on it. Bet MGM, download the app today. They're the king of sports books for new users. Risk free bet up to a thousand dollars. Use that promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, A to Z Sports here live on this Wednesday. Our question, our topic we're discussing right now, or why do you think Todd Downing and Shane Bowen are on a future head coach watch list? And for if you missed it, if you're just jumping in a little later on, uh, both Downing and Bowen were on ESPN.com's uh, and, and how they phrase it is potential head coaching candidates to watch for the future, if not 2022. And in no particular order, there were 15 names listed, uh, and both Titans coordinators were on there in Todd Downing and Shane Bowen. So why? Why are they on there? Um, and, and, and Bobby brings this up. Brian Dable isn't even on the list anymore. So for full disclosure, this list doesn't involve the obvious names like Dayball and like Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. This is more of the, here's the next crop of guys who are probably going to get a bunch of interviews that you're going to hear about when this coaching carousel starts so, in the NFL. So it's no, why didn't they put those on the list? I mean, is that just not what the they, list is or a lot of those name, a lot of the names that we've talked about the last couple of cycles were um, included in the other sections of this article. Okay, right. Okay. So it's, so they it's were like, mentioned. They yeah. Did, like, okay. like Brian Dayball was mentioned for the bears job. Eric Bieniemy had his own little section of, could this be his year? Right. right. And so th- this is a very long, well done article this is just a list of 15 names that could be the next up and coming crop of guys getting interviews and discussions. So why uh, Lucas says who in the right mind would want Todd Downing as their head. Coach? I mean, Todd Downing's not getting a head coaching interview this off season. I wouldn't think so. Um, and MB says the problem is they can say anything as in Dan Graziano, Jeremy Fowler, because there's no accountability for uh, their uh, silly takes. Uh, Ty Kendrick says the reason is Derek Henry. Alex says, I bet these analysts just look at the records of each team. Uh, Ronnie says, it looks like to me like the four-letter network is spitballing at this point. Um, Scott says, Downing should be on Chris Jericho's list, not as a future head coach, <laughs> uh, uh, because ESPN sucks. Uh, Steven says, Todd Downing has lots of years in the NFL. Shane Bowen turned Titans DC around, or turned the Titans defense around in year one of being the actual defensive coordinator. Uh, and Aaron says, because there's a lot of bad head coaches and there's a continuous carousel. Okay. Uh, Steven says, record uh, is is everything. And Jared says, apparently every coordinator is a future head coach, right? Um, so, Zach, let's, I don't know, do you want to go one by one with Downing and Bowen individually, or do you want to kind of group them together, however you want to go? I can group them together if you okay. want to go. You said that you uh, you have different reasons for, for yeah. either of them. Yeah. I think, and I think somebody got this in the chat. And I, I kind of mentioned before, Ed, old Ed. Ed wa- watches the show. Thanks, hey, Ed, right there. Lo- lo- See, this is a good avatar. It's simple. It's Ed. That's who it is. So shout out to Ed Rogers. But it's a first-place team. What they did, in my opinion, they went through the first-place team because uh, 
cut corners, essentially, right? And they looked at the coordinators at the first place teams. And the defenses and the offenses, if you look at the statistics, they're middle of the road. So it's not like one is worse than the other. Offensively, in total team offense, the Titans are 17th, and in total team defense, they're 15th. So right there in the middle, right? But that doesn't yield a... <laughs> I, in my opinion, that doesn't yield your offensive and defensive coordinator to be possibly up for a head coaching position. Yeah. And here's what I'll add overall. I think they looked at the history of the Titans. They looked and say, that may be a funnel system to new head coaches. Because if you know, and I'm sure they looked at this, is Matt LaFleur, former offensive coordinator at the Titans, he's now a head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Arthur Smith is another example now the head coach at, at the Atlanta Falcons. I, I don't know why they put Shane Bowen on the list because they did, they couldn't rewind to a year ago when Vrabel was, had a leash on him. You know those parents at like uh, malls and when you go to uh, theme parks, the, the kind of, they got buck teeth, but they've got a rope on their kid. Like it's a leash. Why does that have buck teeth? And they keep it, pulling them. They just keep pulling them. Well, that was Vrabel last year to Shane Bowen. But Shane Bowen grew up a little bit, and honestly, Vrabel grew up a little bit and realized, hey, I don't need this backpack on my kid with a leash so he doesn't get into things. I can kind of let him free and see what he does. Since Mike Vrabel has done that, the defense has performed well on top of getting new players. I, I have yeah. to add that. But they, they've simplified things. Like Kevin and, Byers having a much There's yeah. no reason. You can't. It's too big of a jump to go from what we were last year to what Shane Bowen is this year to now getting a head coaching interview. And really, the Todd Downing thing, I make zero sense. I, I don't get that. So, my my overall. So, I've got reasons on, on why Todd Downing's on the list and why Shane Bowen's on the list. But the overall reason of why these two guys are on the list is the same reason why we spent the entire month of October bitching about the national media who don't watch the Titans. They don't watch the Titans. Like that's the reason why these two guys are on the list is because the, the Titans are a number one team and they don't pay attention to them. So they don't know how much the offense has struggled even when they had guys healthy. So, they don't so I think that's important. I don't think it's they don't watch the Titans. That may be the case but they don't pay attention. I think you got it right That's there the because the paying attention is different than just watching. I mean, it is. They, they don't, yeah, they don't watch them. They don't pay attention. It's the same, right? Same difference. Like if they don't watch the Titans, like we watch the Titans where I see these, I see Downing and Bowen on this list. And I'm like, why? Like, there's no reason. Like there's nothing that Todd Downing hasn't done anything to prove that he can be a, a head coach. Shane Bowen hasn't either. Shane, Bo you know what Shane Bowen's done? He's been a really good D coordinator this year. And I can say really good because I think he's been, I think he's done a really good job this year with a tough situation because of injuries, the offense turning the ball over a lot, putting his defense in a bad situation and still being able to force field goals in the red zone and doing a good job of that throughout the year. But for Todd Downing, the reason why Todd Downing is on this list, you kind of already mentioned it, is because of Matt LaFleur and Arthur Smith before him. Matt LaFleur got a head coaching job not because of what he did as a Titans offensive coordinator, but because of his previous resume of being under the Shanahan's and under Sean McVay. But when you start to see trends, guys like Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler follow those trends until those trends prove them wrong. And the, and the Titans are on their third offensive coordinator 
in year four of Mike Vrabel because the two other guys got head coaching jobs. So that's why Downing's on it. Well, and it's like it's like college recruiting. You find a high school with a good coach that funnels in talent, you keep going back to that high school. And so that's what they did with the Titans, except they needed to look a little deeper into what Todd Downing has done this year. And look, I, you talk we talk about excuses and reasons. The Titans have been decimated on offense, and they still have the 17th best offense, whether best or middle, 17th ranked offense. Mm-hmm without Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry did so much for so long. And then you took him away. They had two flash in the pan wins between, uh, against the Rams, which I, that, I think that was an anomaly. I think that was a head scratcher with, I think they used adrenaline, which is good. They used adrenaline and big plays to win that game. The Saints, they kind of settled back into who they were. They took advantage of a backup quarterback who eventually got yanked in Trevor Simeon, and it came down to the wire. But then, and this is the problem, the offense came back to who their personnel was the last two weeks. They got beat by the worst team in the AFC and the Texans. They only scored 13 points. Then they got beat by the red-hot Patriots because they made mistakes, and they only scored 13 points. Austin. I've never been as excited for a Titans-Jags matchup this late in the season than I am this year. And the reason is, are they going to score more than 13 points? And yes, are they going to uh, – is this – are those just fluky, weird things, or can they get right this week? And as you said yesterday, it's a must-win situation because the Colts are salivating yeah. at the Titans' losing streak. Right, so, and uh, you mentioned 13 points. Can they score more than that? Yes, they can. And and why haven't they the last two weeks? It's because of turnovers. And especially, look at the look at the Houston Texans game by itself, right? 13 points, okay, but, uh, in that game. Eight possessions the Titans ended with either a turnover, a turnover on downs, or the intentional grounding at the end of the first half the end of the half from Ryan Tannehill, right? So that's eight possessions in that game where the Titans were moving the football. They either turned it over, they turned it over five times, four interceptions, and well, I guess, and then they lost the possession because of the Chester Rogers punt return fumble, and then two turnover on downs in plus territory, field goal range, and then the intentional grounding. I mean, that's, if you just kick a field goal on those three opportunities where you, that's nine points. You lost 22 to 13. <laughs> and so like, really like the Titans, but they knew what the-, the game was. And yeah. that, I think that's the problem with that. I had with the, the coaching philosophy of it. They knew it was going to be a rainy, sloppy game. They knew they couldn't get behind and force Tannehill to throw to wide receivers that aren't very good. And they did the opposite. <laughs> they got down. And in the second half in a torrential downpour, they couldn't play catch up. Not many teams can play catch up, even if it is the worst team in the AFC. And so in those conditions with those players, so it's it's their own fault. Yeah, but and, the Jags and, are the same way. The Jags are a lot better now than they were. They are. 
Yeah, but they're really hurt. Like they're and um, we're, we're going to get into some of the injury stuff for the Jags once the practice week starts today. But the Jags are really banged up. No DJ Chark, James Robinson's iffy, they, and they're losing some other guys too. They're not as hurt as the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> true, true. But like the Jags don't have near the depth the Titans have. So and, anyway. all I'm saying is the Jags are better now, and you, we knew this before the season because they have a first year head coach, and which we'll talk about later with Urban Meyer. He's had a, a chance, and Trevor Lawrence has had a chance to at least settle in a little bit. Trevor Lawrence looked really. If you watched any of the Jags game at the beginning of the season, he was missing throws, like easy throws that he doesn't miss at Clemson. Now he's starting to make a little bit more of those. I'm not saying the Jags are good by any means, but I am saying the Titans are bad right now. And I think that is on a crash course for a possible close game in which it shouldn't be on Sunday. Well, the Jags season high for points this year is 21. They've done it twice. Well, the Titans can only score 13 the last two weeks. Well, and so, okay, here's the Jags the last six weeks. 7, 9, 17, 10, 14 7. That's not good. So the Jags are, are not playing that well offensively. They can't score enough points right now. Uh, anyway, but all right. So Todd Downing does not deserve or does not, should not be on this list of potential head coaching candidates for the future. Now, Shane Bowen, I think, is different because Shane Bowen falls under a different trend, right? Todd Downing's a trend of let Matt LaFleur, Arthur Smith, Todd Downing of Titans offensive coordinators. Shane Bowen is the trend of young guy who has accelerated very quickly. I don't think we understand how young Shane Bowen is just because he's got all the gray in the beard. Zach, Shane Bowen's 35th birthday is tomorrow. Shane Bowen is 34 years old. Again, he turns 35 tomorrow, December 9th. Shane Bowen is a defensive coordinator at 34 years old in just his sixth year as an NFL coach. Well, that's why that's why he had a backpack with a leash on him last year, probably with Vrabel. Because he was 33. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? That Shane Bowen turns 35 tomorrow. And so, and John Michael says, damn, bro, he looks old as hell. He's got that gray in the beard because he grows it out so much. He would look a lot younger if he didn't have the beard. But so again, like. Shane well, Bowen, to his credit, that's why he's trying to get big boy jobs. He's growing it out, right? It's a strategy. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I usually, if I have a little scruff on my face, I look about 10, five years older than you. I just <laughs> well, shaved last well, night, so I look well, like I'm 24. Well, well, I, mean, that's I shaved last night, I look 24. But if I haven't grown up, I might look close to my age. But anyway, so Shane Bowen is a trend of young guy who is going up the ranks very quickly. And I think I think Shane Bowen has done a really good job this year. I think last year was very unfair to judge Shane Bowen. And if and somebody said it earlier in the comments, I think it's scrolled out of my reach now. But if Shane Bowen, he's not going to get a head coaching job this upcoming year. It's way too early. But Shane Bowen, if he has another good year as Titans defensive coordinator next year and he's 35, 36, now he's starting to get interviews. And maybe he doesn't get hired the first year. But then as he, as he starts to build a reputation as a solid defensive coordinator under Mike Vrabel for the Tennessee Titans, then I think he will get a head coaching job before he's 40 years old. Right? That Because the trend is, hire the guy under 40. Now, usually that guy under 40 is an offensive coordinator. But still, there are several. Robert Sala just got a job. Like, you know, as a head. There are still 
defensive guys getting head coaching shots. And so I think Shane Bowen, he's got five more years to do it, right? So if he starts to build a reputation at this young of an age, he has a chance to get that head coaching shot before he turns 40 years old. Well, That's let's look at the hi- let's look at the history of recipe on how to get it. And you said it a little bit about Matt LaFour. Matt LaFour had the connections prior, right? The trend of Shanahan and McVay. That Matt LaFour interviewed for the Titans head coaching job. And yes, he became the right? coordinator. Yeah. Right. So and and when he and that year with Mariota, he sustained. He wasn't terrible, right? The Titans weren't bottom four in the league in offense. So you have to at least sustain. I think that's for an offensive guy. That's kind of the perfect storm, right? You have you have more of the resume. You have the network. And then you've proven that you can at least coach or call plays in this league offensively. Defense is a little bit different, though. For Shane Bowen to get a head coaching job in the future, He's going to have to increase this Titans defense into a consistent top 10 defense. And he's going to have to be a likable character. Sala was a likable, respectable character from San Francisco that got a lot of play. The problem is you don't get a lot of play in Tennessee if you're a DC, right? Like, I mean, San Francisco is a big market. He went to New York. So it's going to be, I'm not saying it is impossible, but it will be. Both of, and let's go back to the topic at hand. Mm -hmm. And the question that we have is why is Shane Bowen and Todd Downing on these watch lists? Right. I don't know. It's way too early for them to be on watch lists. That's why it's a bad take. There's a possibility in the next three years for possibly them to start interviewing for head coaching positions. But not this year. And I think that's the tough pill to swallow. And as we've referenced, it's not paying attention to the situation. Mm-hmm. Shane Bowen needs another year to show that him being on his own, it's kind of like Vrabel, and I, I'm I'm full of analogies today, but Vrabel was the strict parent in high school his senior year. Finally, Shane Bowen this year went to college and was able to live on his own a little bit, right? Have some freedom. But that was freshman year. This is freshman year. Shane Bowen has to prove another year in sophomore year that he can still continue to thrive on his own and not be under the cloud of his parents and be able to start moving more towards the real world. The good part is Shane Bowen has kind of started that trend, right? Like he's got a good base. And if he continues this year getting some pieces back, next year he'll get Caleb Farley back. They'll have another first-round pick in which who knows what will happen with them. They'll have to replace some guys. But it's just too early to think that these two coordinators should be on NFL head coaching watch lists in this offseason. Yeah, so uh, somebody asked, like, how many current NFL head coaches are defensive guys, and I didn't realize this. There are actually 13 uh, out of the 32. Now, several of those 13 have been doing it for a bit, like Pete Carroll. Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, right? So those guys have been Ron Rivera. Yeah, those guys are proven commodities in another era. Yes. And yes. I think that matters, right? So so I just listed four, uh, Rivera, Pete Carroll, uh, Bill Belichick, and, and Tomlin. And then so you now can we're down to add, nine. You can even add Mike Zimmer 
all those guys have over a hundred games coached as a head as a head coach. So, so now we're down to seven. Right. So those coaches are Joe Judge, uh, Sean yeah. McDermott with the Bills. Good coach, right? Good, Robert that's a Sala good coach. With, yeah, Robert Sala with the with the Jets. Yeah, Brian Flores fun. with the Dolphins. Vic Vangio with the Broncos. Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Uh, Mike Vrabel here in Nashville. And then uh, Dan Campbell in Detroit. So that's that's the guys, right? So, and 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 I didn't mention John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is a special teams guy. And so John Harbaugh, not so. If you want to, there are technically fourteen non-offensive head coaches currently. Um, so I, I do right, find still, that seven of them are the ones kind of uh, up and coming. Mike Vrabel's only been a head coach for less than five years, right? Like, yes, he's still. I mean, he's gaining experience, but you can't put him in the echelon of the other coaches that you mentioned, like Harbaugh, Carroll, and Belichick, and Tomlin. Those guys have just been doing it for a very, very long time. And even Mike Zimmer. But I, I do think it's for defensive coordinators or defensive-minded head coaches to get hired in the NFL, they have to be uh, well-respected or a player's coach that they feel can ignite a fan base and have, have good presence, right? I think Dan Campbell is an example of that. I think Sala is an example of that. I think Joe Judge is an example of that. Joe Judge think, is actually a special teams background too, but, but he does have he does have some he does have some linebacking positional coaching in his history too. Mike Vrabel, I think, was that. So those kind of fit into that category. And the best part is. We'll find where the cream rises to the top. Brandon Staley was very well-respected. Mike Vrabel was very well-respected, right? But does it work? I mean, Dan Campbell, best of luck. I mean, congratulations on win one, but it's really late in the season. And Joe Judge, looks like his ass is going to get fired because you're in New York and you got to really – you talk about a backpack with a leash. I mean, daddy's right next to your hip in New York. And – you know, Sala, I mean, they still need time for a couple of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A to Z sports here live um, on a, on a, what is this Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> live on Wednesday here. Uh, but Todd Downing and Shane Bowen are getting some, some play from ESPN.com of guys who could be on lists for jobs. Last thing on Mike Vrabel, because he's in this category before we move on to these coaches, Mike Vrabel, I think has earned he earned the respect to get the head coaching job a handful of years ago. I think Mike Vrabel has earned the, this guy is a head coach in our league. Yeah. And yeah. I, that's important. That's something that you can build on. You're no longer in question on who your head coach is. That's the step to trying to get to a Super Bowl. <clears throat> no doubt. No doubt. All right. It is Z sports. We've got four NFL head coachings who could be, on the chopping block, and we'll go through these four. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. A to Z Sports, our presenting sponsor is Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Visit them. If you're looking for a new vehicle this holiday season, go to WilsonCounty.com. Visit Payne Bone and his team. They got the Palisade, which is a full-size SUV. They got the Sonata and the Elantra, which are sedans. They also have got the Santa Fe. They've got electric cars, hybrid cars, the perfect make and model for you and your family. If you're getting a a new vehicle for your wife, for yourself, for your son or daughter, WilsonCountyHyundai.com. 
Don't forget, download that BetMGM app. My shade today includes something that happened with BetMGM last night. Not their fault. User error and uh, no, not even user error, just me losing a bet. But we'll talk about that later in throwing shade. But download the app, code ATOZ Sports. And with your first deposit, your, your first bet is risk free up to $1,000. So download the BetMGM app, use that code ATOZ Sports for a risk free bet up to $1,000. Uh, so make it take advantage of that. Uh, go watch Brian Edwards and Alan Bell yesterday. They get you set for the football weekend coming up. And don't forget, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, must be present in Tennessee for gambling problem support. Uh, call Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. We've got four NFL coaches who could be on the chopping block, right? And we're going to start with the upcoming opponent, for the Tennessee Titans and Urban Meyer. So this all goes back to the same article where Downing and Bowen were listed as potential head coaching candidates for the future, where Graziano and Fowler kind of set out the situation for some of these head coaches. And with Urban Meyer, could it be a one and done? It's gone horrible. They're two and 10. Urban Meyer has been a distraction several times with off the field incidents with the the bar in Columbus hiring the fired Iowa strength coach and then having to fire him after that for the racist comments that came out when he was at Iowa. And then just other really tone-deaf things that Urban Meyer has done in his first year as an NFL head coach. Will he be one and done? So we're going to go through these four coaches, starting with Urban Meyer, and ask, fired or will they stay? So Urban Meyer, fired or staying with the Jags? I don't think that they fire him after this season. They had so many opportunities to already fire him, and they didn't. They're paying him so much money because he was the hot commodity of when is Urban going to test the NFL waters. I think he absolutely stays. I would bet a considerable amount of money on that too. If I, the odds wouldn't probably be in my favor, but I think he absolutely stays. He's not going anywhere. Now he could get fired after a year two because the Jags haven't improved and his offense has proven not to work. Uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't got any better. All of those things. The problem is in Jacksonville, and we've seen this, and he knew this when he took the job. You have to draft really well. This is not about free agents. They'll pay big money to some free agents, but if you look at their AFC Championship year in which they lost to the Patriots, all of those guys were drafted. Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette, you had Jalen Ramsey. Like Those guys were drafted. That was the core of their team. They had some sprinkle into free agency. Like uh, I think A.J. Boye was on that team. I think mm-hmm. Calais Campbell was on that team. Yep. But – you have to have your core guys of drafting. So for the Jags' sake, they should at least give Urban Meyer two to three years to draft well. Because he's going to have good picks. <laughs> yeah, I don't think – and he had two picks in the first round this past year. Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence's running back in college, got hurt in training camp uh, and was done for the year before anything really started. So – I don't think Urban Meyer gets fired this year. They knew what they knew what they were getting into. They knew it was going to be a really rough season with a rookie quarterback. 
But I, I think it would be an interesting thing to watch of can he survive the second full year? Because they're, the clock is ticking on Trevor Lawrence's rookie contract, right? We all know this. Whenever you have a new head coach and a high, high draft pick at quarterback, those two guys are tied together. And the NFL franchise always chooses their young quarterback over the head coach. That's been the case in several examples across the, the past of this league. And so as Herb, as Trevor Lawrence's clock is ticking, where he's got four cheap years, three after this year, before the fifth-year option that's going to balloon up to like $30 million at this point, Urban Meyer cannot waste more of those cheap years. Because then you have to pay a quarterback $100-plus million that might not be ready for it, but you got to either do it or start over. And I, I doubt they start over that quickly. So I, I think he stays this year, but I expect um, next year to be a hot seat type of year for Urban Meyer. They've got to improve in the win category, and they have to be a more stable organization uh, from the coaching staff, and Urban Meyer has to show that he can yeah, some comments coming in, you know, stay, stay. Ronnie does say fired. Stay, 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 stay. It's just too early. So I agree with the chat. I think that, I think we all are in agreement. Urban Meyer will get at least another season to build. You can you paid him the amount of money and you didn't fire him when you had the opportunity to fire him. That tells you everything that you need to know. Plus, I've actually heard uh, an interview a podcast with Shad Khan's son that is an integral part of the Jags. Like he, I mean, there is a billionaire, so they got a lot of businesses, but he likes Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, you know, we see the shady outside thing, but what I've heard about Urban Meyer is if he's friends with you, he's nice to you. He just, he's done some shady things that have brought his reputation down. Yeah. And you can't do anything about that, right? That's your reputation. He did that to himself. So I, I agree. I think stay. Okay, next coach on our list, Zach, is a guy who's also won a national championship in college, but he has won a Super Bowl in the NFL, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, things are very interesting with Seattle because of Russell Wilson and Jamal Adams is done for the year. Uh, now too, the Seahawks are four and eight and we know Russell Wilson has won it out in the past. It seems like there is a disconnect between him and his head coach and he's Pete Carroll's been there for quite some time. His first year in Seattle was in 2010. He's won a bunch of games in the 11, 12 seasons that he's been in Seattle, but fired or stay Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. I think this is more about Russell Wilson than it is about Pete Carroll. Russell Wilson, there was rumblings that he was going to leave this past offseason, remember? Chicago flirted with him, remember draft time? Yeah. And I think if Russell Wilson goes, in which I think he will, Pete Carroll is fired. Because they'll have a complete reset. So Pete Carroll's also 70 years old. 
He doesn't act it when he's 70 years old. No, I right. I, that I don't think necessarily matters. Well, it's about you can't like, reset with a 70 year old coach. I think is that what you're saying? Yeah, kind. Of, I mean, that's 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 the whole thing. Is is Pete Carroll gonna want to be there for a mini rebuild? I, I kind of feel like if Russell Wilson stays, Pete Carroll's gone. I have like an they, interesting like, scenario. Okay, real quick. Right, go ahead with yours. Go ahead. I think Aaron Rodgers could flirt with Miami this offseason, and I think that opens up. I don't think the Packers are sold on Jordan Love. I think that's right. Russell Wilson going to the Packers, I think, would be intriguing. But I think that also sets up the dominoes that Seattle's in a reset. They can't compete with the Rams they can't compete with the surging Cardinals, and I, they can't even compete with the sputtering up and down 49ers. I think Pete Carroll is fired because Russell Wilson is no longer the quarterback. And DK Metcalf, you talk about frustration. That guy gets more post uh, whistle penalties because he just gets in his feels and his hair turns from blue to red real quick. His eyes get out, and that he's going to be on Lonely Island. <laughs> Because you can have nobody to throw to him. Yeah. Uh, and I hate that. Old Miss guy. I like him, but Casey, nobody's going to be around. Casey says, why does Pete Carroll look 34 and Shane Bowen look 70? I, I don't know, but that, that seems like the case. But I don't think, uh, look, Russell Wilson, he, I, I think uh, if, if Pete Carroll stays, Russell Wilson's gone. If Russell Wilson stays, Pete Carroll's gone. That's how I, I feel it. I feel like the Seahawks, might want to save Russell Wilson by moving on from Pete Carroll. But I, Russ doesn't want to be there anymore. And, and I and I get that. And, and Russ doesn't. He's 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 at the age where he doesn't want to reset either. He wants the trend of Tom Brady and what he's done. Well, he's gonna. But if he's gonna have to reset if he goes to a different team too. No. Yes, not reset with reset. what the Seahawks. The Seahawks roster sucks. Look at like their defense is so bad. Well, and they're they're hurt as well. Like I I understand what you're saying, but I think the Seahawks might try to fire Pete Carroll to save Russell Wilson. Will it work? I don't know. I think Pete Carroll's gone. I think he's fired. I I agree. Here is one team that I if I was an aging elite type quarterback like Rodgers or Russell Wilson, I find Denver this offseason very intriguing. I think Denver has shown that they can win games and compete with the players they have. Uh, I think Sutton and Judy and that defense and trading away Von Miller actually didn't hurt him that bad. But Teddy, uh, Teddy two gloves is not the answer. And uh, God knows Drew Locke is not the answer. They figured that out too. And so that's a I, go do what Peyton did in your own way, I I like Denver this offseason as the quarterback carousel goes around and around hey, the NFL. Uh, New Orleans is somebody to watch, too. I don't care how much money they keep giving to Taysom Hill, but New Orleans needs something better than that. And so, uh, and Davidson says Pete Carroll will retire before he gets fired. Maybe so. Maybe that's the case because well, the guys... Yeah, they'll, they'll say, hey, we're going to fire you. Do you want to retire? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, again, I, I regardless, I don't think Pete Carroll's the head coach in Seattle next year. That's how I feel on that. Okay. Two more head coaches to talk about. Will they get fired or will they stay with their team? Uh, but first, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse. Talk about retirement. Pete Carroll could retire because he's sitting on a bunch of money. Renters Warehouse can help you 
get your retirement plan ready by owning rent estate. Rent estate uh, is a great thing to do because you get long-term equity, which means long-term wealth and retirement plan ready just by renting out your property instead of selling it. Look, there's a bunch of different reasons why selling it might be the best thing for you. But if you uh, just navigate and check out what rent estate can do for you, Renters Warehouse is where to go. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to renterswarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. They do all the work for you. They find the tenants, they price the property, they go on all the maintenance calls, whatever hour of the day or night, and uh, they collect the check. You just get the money. Renterswarehouse.com is where to check it out. A to Z Sports, download the BetMGM app. That's who we are powered by. Use that promo code right there on the screen, A-T-O-Z Sports. They'll hook you up with a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. Austin uses the app. I use the app. You should use the app. Download the app today. That's BetMGM. Very quickly, Austin, I got to call out G-Man. Oh. And I, I'm not saying G-Man likes this player, but he says Cortland Sutton way underwhelming. Sutton has 617 yards receiving through 10 games. He's been pretty damn good for two-glove Teddy throwing him the football. He's got more yards than the overpaid out for the season $9 million man, Corey Davis. Yeah, more yards than your boy A.J. Brown. Right? So I, Sutton, I, and the reason why I know that, Jimmy, on base, because I bet on Sutton. I am a prop fiend, and I've won a, a good amount of money on overs on Cortland Sutton. So I, as a second round pick, I, I, I Sutton and Judy, they got some, they got something. Well, I don't know plus, what Noah Fant will be in the future, his contract situation. But well, who, who is, who is Teddy Bridgewater got hurt for a few games, right? Who was the quarterback for Denver when he went out? Drew Locke. Yeah, right. So again, bleh, like, I mean, and. The, the the Broncos are weird. They, I mean, they they beat the Chargers, who looked really good this past week. I mean, that's the NFL. I get it. Again, I will stand by this. This is December. I'll stand by this all offseason. If I'm a good quarterback, I want to go to Denver. They've got a good front office and I think a good core group. I don't know what their draft picks are, but uh, and a mile high. They're a proven yeah. winner. They've won well, Super Bowl. And you can throw the ball further there. So if you're an aging quarterback, you got extra arm strength. All right, so let's let's get to this next coach that could be on the chopping block. Mike Zimmer fired or staying with the Vikings? I I think, man, I think I think Zimmer's toast, right? Because Kirk Cousins is actually playing pretty good football for the most part, right? Like obviously there's situations that don't go the way, but Mike Zimmer and the Vikings just lose to the Lions, give them their first win. Dalvin Cooks can't stay healthy, which doesn't help things. But the Vikings defense is breaking down. And that Mike Zimmer is one of those 13 defensive head coaches we talked about earlier in the show. I think Zimmer's cooked. I think he's fired. I have to agree. I think the Vikings, uh, the season's not over, but that loss to the Lions was kind of the worst thing that could have happened to him, right? And, and, Look, it is his fault because they lost. It was on a last-second play. But I don't think that he has the capacity to – I think what the Vikings will go after is a offensive coordinator, like an offensive-minded head coach because of what Justin Jefferson is. Jefferson, keeper on my fantasy league. I, this is one of my yeah, best nobody, moves. Nobody cares. Is, nobody cares. I,
All right. I think I'm back. Something happened. Okay. I'm back. You guys can see me, right? Like I'm back. I think something happened with the internet in the area. Like you guys can see us, right? Like I'm back. Hello? Like you guys can see me. I think Zach's coming back. Okay. Are we good? Yeah. my I, It was my Wi-Fi. And I same. And same. Oh, your Wi-Fi? Yeah, both. Because I had to jump on my hotspot. Ooh, power surge. That was on Xfinity. That's something must have happened in the area because we live like half a mile away from each other. <laughs> but and, uh, right. And it was an omen. Uh, Ryan is right. The minute Zach starts talking about his fantasy team, it freezes. I know. Thank God. <laughs> I, I, I literally said the same thing because well, I thought you froze and I didn't. I was getting to the point of, of Justin Jefferson being a top three wide receiver in this league and what he has become. Uh, and also, man, I'm, everything went fried. My 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 thing. I put my ear to hear you, Austin. I got you were a soft whisper. You were a very soft whisper. So I, I had to go to the the headphones. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, we're back. I think it was a power surge. So yeah, internet exactly. internet down. Inter back, Inter internet well, because back my up. lights are still on. The the electricity is still going. So <laughs> I, I I don't know if it was that. I just think the internet got knocked out for a second. Internet blimp. But anyway, we're back on this. So we both think Mike Zimmer is fired. And we all agree that nobody cares about Zach's fantasy team. I do. Nobody else cares about <laughs> Zach's fantasy The internet. Then that would be correct. But yes. you said nobody. And I am somebody. Well, everybody cares about their own fantasy team. But nobody cares about anybody else's fantasy team. Nobody, nobody cares. Unless you're in your own, if you're talking to somebody in the league, and I don't think anybody in my league is watching right now, but Justin Jefferson has been a monster and they need to help him. I don't know if Kirk Cousins can win them a Super Bowl, though. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. Last coach on our list. And I'll be honest, I don't think I'm leaving these headphones because, man, you are crystal clear. You just. You just look different than I do, and I I, I like the uh, uh I like uh, the no head I like the no show headphone right like I've got my one headphone in here but you can't tell it's just it's clear it looks good it wraps around the back of my ear and everything right look and so, and Aaron Aaron and Eric I care about fantasy league no uh, uh, Eric says Austin must be last in his league look Eric I have not played fantasy football in the last two years. And the only reason I did three years ago is because we had an A to Z sports fantasy football league, because prior to that, I did not play fantasy football for like three or four years. But that's I, one of the, don't take offense to this, but that's why it, you don't make sense. It, you don't make sense. You're a sports you talk sense. guy and you don't do fantasy football, but I've, fantasy if, football helps your education and your knowledge. Yes, on but players. I don't, but I don't, I don't check it. I don't have time. I lose interest. Like I, maybe the first three weeks of the season, I'm done after that because I've got other things to do and fantasy football is not, I'm not going to check my lineups or waiver wires Man, like I'm, everybody else working. I'm surging to possibly win a thousand bucks this year. So that's fine. I, I think I a lot care. of other people are too. They're, they're in the leagues like that. You are the, uh, the anomaly. Everybody yeah, plays. Well, I fantasy burned football. Out. I burned You're out. the weird. You are the weirdo though. So you can't turn this around and be like, Oh, you guys are, I don't have to. You're the weirdo. You're the wart. I everybody else is blemish free because we're in fantasy land. I understand. Bobby says Austin's too cool for fancy. No, I burned out. Like I used to be all about fancy football, but I, I don't care anymore. It, does, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't And that's me. why you're weird. I'm not weird. You have the problem. No, it's not me. We're it's, all I, users. I prefer sports betting now. But th that's and Bobby fine, says, but we don't want to hear about Austin's bets. I don't talk about my bets that much. Zach talks about his bets more than me. Well, because I give out winners sometimes.
You know, no, 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 no. You give out winners after the fact. <laughs> like you don't give out. Winners. I've, I've given out winners before. I, I look NBA props, NFL props. I I think the like three times that I've given out props this season, they've all won. So hey, no, when you got cash flow, hey, hey, like, talk about winners. I've been winning my bets, so uh, I got more money you in have. the bank. Yeah, uh, Shody, what you drank? That's so fine. I would follow. That's I would fine. follow the I, young man. Congratulations. No, that's fine. But you keep bragging about them after the fact, which is the same thing about talking about your fancy team. Anyway, all right, let's get well, to uh, ask me for some. Ask me for some bets. I'll give. Them, I'll feed you some. I'll feed some bets. Some props. Okay. All I right. like. So, I like a Kirk Cousins over completions. I, I'll give you. a a prop right there over 32 and a half completions or attempts, excuse me, for Kirk Cousins this week. That's Thursday night. Boom goes to Dominic. Watch that. Let's see okay. what happens. All right. Sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, last coach we'll talk about before we move on to Shade. Let's go with Matt Nagy, head coach of the Bears. He is absolutely gone, right? I mean, I think we really, we really all agree that Matt Nagy is screwed. He is fired. As soon as possible. Yeah. Chicago won't let them last. Like Chicago is the city. They are. It, Chicago is very similar to Philadelphia, which is very similar to New York, which is like the Cowboys fan base. You just can't stick around for. And, and he's been really bad since his first year and being coach of the year. And Chicago is just too big of a market in the NFL. He's fired. Yeah, he is. Uh, we, we don't even need to spend that much time on it because the Bears are a dumpster fire. Uh, their offense has been terrible over multiple quarterbacks, and they can't allow Justin Fields to continue to be in this situation. Well, it's the same thing of what you said with quarterback, young quarterback versus coach. Coach yeah, gets but, in. But Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are aligned. They're both in year one. Matt Nagy is not in year one. There is data on Matt Nagy. He has already ruined Rich Trubis Mitch Trubisky, and so you can't allow that to happen Well, we again. don't know if he ruined Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky just may be bad. It may just Maybe. be a bad pick. So. Right. But, but again, he was attached to – he could not develop Mitch Trubisky. No, and the the – opportunity that he had this year with Justin Fields to do what the Patriots are doing with Mac Jones. He had, they both had the opportunity, but one is the number one seed in the AFC and the other one is about to be fired. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So time for shade, throw in shade here. My shade, it's getting personal. It can't be this bad ever, ever again. That's how I feel about my shade. But first, uh, let me tell you guys about Mandu. Got a workout in earlier this week. Mandu is the pulse of fitness where one 15-minute workout equals five or more hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout, is absolutely free. Full-body electronic muscle stimulation. That's uh, how you do it. So check them out. Uh, they build help build muscle mass, help target hard-to-burn body fat. They help you gain strength as well without hurting those old banged-up injuries or joints that might be bothering you. Mandu.com, your first workout's free. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, it'll take 100 bucks off your first month when you sign up at Mandu.com. This weekend, we talked about the Jags, and we talked about the Tennessee Titans. We will be live because it is a home game, live from the mainstay. Come, come hang out with us. You see that party right there? It's going to be a party across the street from the – from Nissan Stadium, the mainstay, they've got two-for-one 
uh, drafts of, of Mill Creek beer. You can't beat that. The mainstay is where you need to come hang out pregame, halftime, postgame show, obviously live, have your no- live notifications on. But for your postgame, after the game, walk across the street and come hang with us, drink some beer, and talk Titans, and let's see if the Titans beat the Jags or if they score 13 points. I don't know. That may be enough to beat the Jags, but they need to get back on track uh, right there at the mainstay this Sunday. Time for throwing shade. We do this every Wednesday to wrap up the show. Get your shade ready. I see Elaine comes in the comments with shade on dart throwers who put earbuds in. We're there to have fun, chat, and drink. Come on, man. So there, I mean, this is hilarious. So Lane. I've never heard of this. Lane is going to some sports bar that has dartboards, and there are people who have earbuds just trying, like, that's like, a, that doesn't make any sense. Like, they're just like, I'm just trying to get some shots up. Do like, you throw I, darts? No. So I, I throw darts. I used I, to, I, like. When I was when I was like a younger, I don't go to sports bars that much anymore. But when I was younger and I was going out a lot more often, yeah, I would throw darts here and there. So I I like darts. Darts is a game I'm good at, and if I'm paired with the right person, I mean, we can play. I mean, we can win. I like darts because of the competition. But Elaine is absolutely right. It's really about drinking beer and having fun. Like that's I, weeknights. I'll go and and call a couple of my buddies. We'll go. Uh, throw darts at specific uh, bars in and around Nashville that have dart boards or the good. Uh, I usually play my darts on like after the NFL football season's over. Cause you're watching football constantly, right? Friday night, you go to a sports bar, have front with a couple of drinks, throw darts, but I've never heard of earbuds. It's like the guy at the basketball court. Who's just there to get some drills done. And he won't play. Yeah, like, he won't you play. Need, you you guys got five. You need three on three. Hey, bro, will you play? He's like, nah, and man. He, I'm just trying to get some sweat and get some drills done. I'm trying to work on my 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 offhand. I'm trying to work on my right handed pull up. But he's good enough to play. But he chooses not to play. You know, he's wearing a long sleeve t shirt. He's got earbuds in, and he's trying to work really hard and get sweaty. And that that's what. And then work on his work on his uh you know reverse layup or whatever he wants to do. That's that's that guy. I'm with you. G man so says throwing. G-Man says throwing shade at Zach about Sutton averaging 60 yards a game is really good. Hey, G-Man, joke's on you. What's math? Math tells me that 60 yards a game is over 1,000 yards in a season. (laughs) So 60 yards a game gets you 1,000 yards. So throw shade on everybody bragging about 1,000 yards. You know who's probably not going to have a 1,000-yard receiver on their football team? The Tennessee Titans. Yes. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So I, I mean, man, you that Gmail base. I look strong support of the show, but you got had right there, bro. You you went with shade. I threw shade back at you. You threw shade back at me, and then I Austin. I didn't have to say anything because you threw shade at yourself. You basically opened an umbrella in the sun and shaded yourself. You played yourself, bro. Yeah, definitely. Um, so more shade from you guys. Uh, let's see. Uh, Noah says shade on the university of Miami and how they handle the hiring of Mario Cristobal and the firing of Manny Diaz. I think that's pretty fair as well. Yeah, but they got to the guy, they got where they wanted to be. Nobody cares. All is fair and love and war and coaching hires. <laughs> right. I mean, like <laughs> yeah, that, is that the new it? Yeah. It's a new, it's a new tat. People are getting tattoos where t-shirts death taxes and March is one of them. And then the other one is uh, all is fair and love and war and coaching hires because 
you, you got to do what's best for your family. I mean, that's what justifies everything. Hey, it's family. I, I Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I don't want to be in Oklahoma. I, my family wanted to move out to Southern Cal. Uh, Brian Kelly, my family wanted to go back back down south because he's never been south before at LSU, right? Cristobal is the same way. My family wanted to be closer to home and, and back to Florida where I started my roots. It's all BS, but it's the truth. You can't – because everybody's going to forget about it in like four weeks. Not well, he left. Did you see the uh, Mario Cristobal answering Spanish question, questions in Spanish? I did. Yeah, so and and the joke was uh, that that would have been Brian Kelly if he took the Miami job. Uh, yeah, but it would have been gibberish. <laughs> no, I know that, but I mean, just <laughs> how funny is that? And the crazy thing with the Miami with the Miami job is, man, these gender reveals are are going way too far. I mean, it, like the gender reveal of Mario Cristobal and Miami having a baby boy is going way too far now with what they're doing. What is that though? Is that they're actually like, you know, their jerseys are tight knit jerseys or is, is that a, a joke? I don't know. Looks like a youth small, man. And Mario Cristobal is a big guy, but he's not that big to make a real jersey look like that. Well, cuz nobody watches the pre opening press conferences of Miami anymore. <laughs> I I guess I have no idea. I have no idea, but really crazy. All right, uh, before before we move, I I'm going to do a shade sandwich. Okay. I got first shade and then my second shade is fire because I think this thing is going to suck. But my first shade is when I was in Dallas and we're approaching, it's December 8th, we're approaching the holiday season and you're going to be in and around a lot of people online shop, but some people still go into malls. I went into two different malls because in Dallas, I was in Dallas last week, they have massive malls, the Galleria and North Park. And the problem with malls there are thousands of people in this mall, thousands and thousands. Why is it so hard to find a bathroom in a mall? <laughs> they have two bathrooms. They're, they're tucked away and not in any visible site. You can't find them. And if you got to pee really bad, which I did, you got to walk like a thousand miles to go find it. And then when you ask somebody, they're like, yeah, would you like to try some lotion? I'll tell you, like, at the kiosk. And you're just like, look, lady, all I want to do is find a bathroom. He's like, actually, you got to go down there, turn left, and then you go back around, turn left, and then right, and then down. It's about 500 football fields, and then you'll find it. And I'm like, Jesus, it is awful. So malls, shade on you, find some bathrooms that are accessible to the thousands of people that are shopping at your place during the holiday season. It's very good shade. Very so you have you have a second shade too? I do. All right. So my shade, I mentioned it was getting personal. My shade is on the University of Tennessee's basketball team last night for playing the most unwatchable college basketball game I have seen in some time between two teams that have a good reputation. Tennessee lost to Texas Tech 57 to 52. That's an overtime. In overtime, they got into the 50s. Because of the end of regulation, Tennessee hit a three to tie it at 44. And then both teams missed opportunities before then to not force overtime. Nobody deserved to win that game. They should not have played overtime. Call that thing a draw because nobody deserved to win that thing. And the shade here is Tennessee missed 36 three-point shots. I'll say it again. Tennessee missed 30, 34 three-point shots. Excuse me. They went six 
for 40 behind the line. At one point, Zach, I have no idea if you were watching this game or not, but oh. I was while I was cooking dinner. It was driving me bananas. At one point, Tennessee was two of 29 from three. So they actually kind of got hot at the end. <laughs> they were two of 29, and then they went on a stretch where they hit four of 11. But they 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 tied the game. They were two of 29, and they were down 41 to 38 with two minutes left. Uh, Vescovy hits a three to tie it to make them three for 30. And it was, it was so, it was so annoying to watch. Tennessee had a, Josiah Jordan James, who's a five-star athlete, had a breakaway, fast break, nobody in range, where he could have just dunked it to take the lead, but his shoe blew out or something weird, and he fell down. What did they say about that? I saw that play. Did it, they say his knee buckled or like I so think, a... I think his like his ankle slightly rolled, and so he just kind of it was the it made no sense. That game was cursed last night. It was so bad. They should not have played five more minutes of that thing. Well, I, and I don't know a lot about this Tennessee team yet because I mean nobody cares about college basketball during the football season right now, but what I think I know about that team is they will get bounced in the NCAA tournament because of what you just said, the shooting performance. They don't have the players. No, they do. To No, no. They don't have the players in the setup. They're going to have a game in the NCAA tournament where they go over because that's their strategy. They're a three-point shooting team now, right? They're gonna, That's why they're going to get bounced. Uh, they don't – like Duke – this is why Duke and the, the Blue Bloods are so good is because they shoot a lot of threes, but they also have interior good ball skills and well-coached. And I don't think Tennessee, it doesn't sound like, and I, I don't want to overstep because I don't know enough. But NCAA, they're going to get bounced because they're going to go three for 30, and you're going to be like, man, that was a hell of a run. They had so much potential and didn't meet it. No, no, they do have shooters. They have like Powell. Uh, but when they're cold, they don't. And and here and they played Madison Square Garden. Here's my theory on this because Texas Tech couldn't hit anything either. Like, but overall in the game, Tennessee shot 26 percent from the field, 15 percent from three, and 50 percent at the line. Texas Tech wasn't much better: 31 percent from the field, 16 percent from three, and 60 percent from the line. Tech missed 10 free throws. Nobody could shoot. I think it's the fact that they only got one shoot around practice in that arena before they played the game like that. And I think that matters in new spots in basketball where you don't get accustomed to the shooting space because that's like an excuse. No, but again, like they said on the broadcast that they only got shoot around for a couple hours uh, earlier. uh, I guess it was yesterday or the day before the game on Monday and Texas tech is a good defensive team. So they were making it tough, but it was open threes that were just that were just breaking hard. And so uh, I feel like Madison Square Garden had and the new venue had something to do with not being familiarized with it, but not that bad. No not one that cares. Bad. No one cares. Uh I, like the, you you play basketball. I did I will dismiss that. I Go ahead. like I, I that matters, Zach. You play basketball, you know that and, and have you ever shot in an arena like that? It's very different. It doesn't matter. You play that like it actually you, does matter. It does you, actually a lot. No. Ask, uh, you need Ask to any shooter. Ask any shooter. Does the arena you play in matter? 
Does the depth perception behind the goal matter? Yes, it then, does. Then they ain't going to win the national championship because you're Zach, asking for not, a big being, ass, not huge Shut up. Shut uh, up. Sta stadium. No, don't tell me to shut up. Yes, I, I, I had a point. I dismissed your point, and I'm telling you the reason why. You no, can it, sigh all you want, but talk you, to you, any shooter. The, it matters. I'm not, what are you going to do in the national championship when it's a, of a stadium, an indoor That's, stadium of a thousand, you know, a hundred thousand people or sixty thousand people? Zach, do you not look at what happened as soon as the Final Four moved to those big football stadiums? What happened? Shooting percentages plummeted in the Final Four. That was a storyline for like four years in a row. They've been that way for ten years, fifteen years. They've been playing in those arenas. I, I, Zach, those I'm, stadiums. I'm, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying you are, me, and that's what I'm stop, calling you no, out. No, stop. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm not. But it absolutely matters, does it not? You play basketball. You shoot basketball. You understand that it does. It makes a difference. There is a difference between different venues and the depth perception. I'm not saying that's why Tennessee lost the game. I'm not saying that's why they shot 15% from three, but I'm saying in general, on the bigger picture of playing the sport of basketball, there is a difference. Does that make sense? The only reason why you're talking about it is that because Tennessee lost the game, though. I'm throwing shade at them. My shade today is how bad they sucked last night. I know, and that's why I'm saying I feel like you're backdooring an excuse I'm not, of, I'm not. of it was it was it was a new arena. I Both that doesn't they're collegiate they're collegiate basketball players. Yeah, they, they do this literally for a living because they don't get paid, but they do this for a living. Whatever. You just took it and never mind. Whatever. I just go disagree with your, with your comment. You don't have go to with get upset. Second I go just with your disagree second with your, your comment. Go with your second shade. My second shade is I think this could be one of the worst movies of all time. I And I will say this flat out. I haven't seen the movie. I won't watch the movie because it reminds me of another movie that blows. Do you remember the movie Draft Day? You yeah, that? I watched. I watched it on a plane to my honeymoon. <laughs> that that that, and they used real NFL like license, like they got that because it was, I think it was an NFL produced movie. Uh, who was who starred in that? Kevin Dennis Costner. Quaid or Dennis Quaid and Kevin Costner. I always mix up, but it was Kevin Costner. Yeah. You know what the next movie that's gonna blow? Draft this. Kurt Warner's American underdog story. Look at that. Look, look how brutal this looks. It doesn't even look real. Like, it, it looks bad. This movie is going to suck. And there, is it a, look, and, is and it a real Warner, movie? Huh? Yeah, it's a movie. They're making a movie. They've, they've got an actor to play Kurt Warner. But every time this happens, it never works out well. It always works out brutal. So old fat Kurt early on in his career that looks nothing like Kurt Warner. And here's the other problem. And here's my, my true shade is they get actors that don't are not at, that are not athletic. And so when they throw the football, it looks like I'm throwing with my left hand because that's not their skill set. They don't cast the right character. They casted a guy who kind of maybe somewhat resembled Kurt Warner, but not really. This movie is going to suck. Shade on American Underdog. And I, I don't even know who the other actors are, but this is going to be like draft day. This is going to be one of the worst sp sports movies, I think, ever. It looks like a, it doesn't even look like a B movie. 
It looks like it's got one of the lowest budgets I've seen from something that's been yeah. Airbud five. I mean, that's that's kinda... no, that's what it looks like. It, it looks like Airbud. Ed, it's a love story. That's going to make it even more brutal because you are going to try to attract any sort of person that is a football fan that wants to know about Kurt Warner, but really. Your target, our target audience is a 45-year-old housewife that, sh- that watches Showtime, or excuse me, Lifetime. Or 16-year-old kid watches Showtime. <laughs> but like, that th- doesn't make any sense. They, If it is a love story, and I, I'm not going to watch it, it's going to be bad. I'm yeah. very curious to see what Rotten Tomatoes grades it. It may be under 30%. Probably lower than that. Rod Tomatoes is pretty harsh. And now you now we got Steven um saying draft day was a great movie. And Bobby says, Why are you hating on draft day? That movie was great. Uh Rossi also said draft day was good. He liked draft day. Look, draft day, draft day wasn't good. It wasn't as bad as I think you're making it out to be. What is another movie that you guys think is good then? If you're putting draft day on that level, I mean, one guy put it at great. No, Saving Private Ryan is great. Forrest Gump is great. Pulp Function is great. Pulp Fiction is great. Shawshank Redemption is great. Those are great movies. Casino is great. But I also Draft don't know. Did. You were saying it's one of the worst movies of all time. It's not. The, I, it's not one. I, it's not one of the worst. There's a lot of really bad movies out there. They, it tried to be respectable, and it wasn't. There's a. There's so many movies that are way worse than Draft Day. Draft Day is not good by any means. I watched it on the plane to my honeymoon because the plane was so full that me and my brand new bride were not sitting next to each other. And so I had, I, I, it passed me, it saved me an hour and a half on my plane. Right. But, but it is not a good, good or different. Yes. And, but you said it's one of the worst movies ever. And I stand it's, by that. No, it's not. There are so many movies that are way worse than draft day. So many. Like it's, it, it is super average to below average, but it is not one of the worst movies ever. Oh, dude, it is not even close to average. It's a bad movie. <laughs> if you, if you want to, I'll look, I'll argue that it's one of the worst and that's fair, but you can't say that it is close to average. It is a bad movie. That is, has to be confirmed. It, it's a will, bad movie. It's there fine. You go. It's a bad okay. movie. So now, now we're in agreement. I've gone a little bit further. You are now in the bad category but and that way, I can live with. But there's way more bad bad movies make money, and that's just kind of how it oh, works. No, I mean, yeah, that that's not it. I, I'm saying that that movie is bad. I mean, it's I think. But it's there's terrible. so many movies that are way worse than Draft Day. That's my point. Yeah, What's like the, uh, American Underdog Story. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, I really want to know Draft Day the movie how much money it made. It'd be a Travesty if it made more than like three hundred thousand dollars. Um, trivia. This is going to be too hard to find on the fly. Damn, Kevin Costner, general manager. General, that was such a bad movie. Good lord, what did it gross? (laughs) All right, folks. Now we've got confirmation. Listen up to this. These are called hard facts. That was one of the funniest things I've seen. The budget for that film was $25 million. And it made... Yeah, $25 million was the budget. It only made 
Oh my, and it had the backing of the NFL that didn't even pay for Costner's role because he made more than $4 million for that role. But is that, that, is that above budget? So is it only a 4 million profit or is it a profit of 29 on top of the budget? The box office was 29.5 million. So it was not. Yeah. So they profited what four? (laughs) and let me just throw shade at Ethan Ramsey for being a dick. Why is Austin watching movies on his honeymoon? Bro, I clearly stated on the plane ride to my honeymoon, I watched a movie because me and my wife could not sit next to each other because the plane was so full. And it was a four and a half hour ride to St. Lucia where we balled out for eight days. (laughs) Ethan, you don't have to to make it personal, but uh, Ethan is right. If in fact, but he, he made the mistake. Uh, Yes. Watching watching draft day. Actually watching draft day on your honeymoon would be a problem. Yeah. But on the plane through all the movie options. I also watched my cousin Vinny on the way home. (laughs) And plane plane movies notoriously are bad, right? Yeah. Like there's always on planes, like it's uh, Godzilla versus King Kong or some, or like uh, some crap horror film. They have bad movies on planes, and I I, I spend a lot more time on planes. Well, and I, I'm an months. NFL, I'm a I'm a sports media member, right? So, and I never seen draft day, so I'm like, huh. Well, here's my opportunity to watch draft day because I, I would never I, do it. I think I system. may have watched draft day on the 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 plane as well, and I yeah. I couldn't finish it because it was so bad. Well, I had extra time, so I finished it. All right, guys, uh, good show. We'll see you guys on a Thursday. I've got a topic for Thursday that uh for tomorrow that i'm actually zaxon zach knows that the headline of it but he doesn't know everything but it, it should you know perk your interest for titans fans all right we'll see you guys on the titans thursday tomorrow buck rising live with a to z sports prime time tonight at 8 p.m central time also the tighten up podcast new episode out uh this morning as well and the a to z sports podcast network the website's going crazy this morning with great content go check that out a to z sports.com slash nashville and we'll see you guys later on adios